You're listening to the YPO Networks Podcast. YPO and my form helped me with an additional $15 million in value. And so when I think YPO, I think there's real business value as well as all of the social value and the, the family and, and everything else associated with YPO. My life is so much more effective because of what I've learned through YPO. YPO has been important in my life in, in a lot of different ways, both professionally, personally, family. I have this job uh, that I have and I love because of YPO. In this episode, Ann Cheng, the business director of YPO, sits down with Bradford Belden, the chief culture officer and CEO of Belden Roofing Company, and Paul Belair, chair of YPO's Construction Industry Network and president of the 10X CEO Coaching. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. This is Leadership in a Time of Coronavirus. And now, your host, Ann Cheng. Good morning and welcome to the YPO Networks podcast. My name is Anne and I'm your host today. Today on our podcast, I am hosting the Construction Industry Network Chair, Paul Belair, and CEO and Chief Culture Officer of Belden Roofing Company, Brad Belden. Gentlemen, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Paul, what are the most urgent actions that business owners, particularly construction industry companies, must take right now in light of the current COVID-19 situation? I think you have to go into survival mode thinking. So you have to pre-plan what cuts you're going to make in overhead and labor if your revenue falls 25%, 50%, and 75%. And you have to have that pre-planned so that when it happens, you are proactive in making those cuts. Because the most important thing is to protect your beehive, which is your company, so that you come out of this and can fight another day. You also with that exercise, need to do a 13-week rolling cash flow with different assumptions and model different scenarios on collections, on slow rolling your payables, on what jobs may get shut down or canceled, and um, you need to draw down on available lines of credit and have a plan to hunker down and get through this. Hopefully you don't have to execute either of those, but you have to have a plan ahead of time. So that's the most pressing thing, Ann. Thank you. Thank you, Paul. Brad, can you tell us how you and your business responded to the current crisis? Sure, good morning, everybody. So roughly 60 days ago, Belden had a $20 million backlog. And our biggest concern at that time was finding labor. Then in late February, we realized a potential problem was on the horizon. Thus, we decided to schedule a staff meeting to brainstorm. In that meeting, we discovered it was a significantly larger problem, and we assigned tasks to the various team members and came back the next week to develop a comprehensive game plan. We concluded that our best avenue was to use a collective brain power to navigate the correct path. And it is fluid and obviously changes daily. What we know from past experience is that leaders have to rise up during these difficult times. So I advised our leadership team that it was imperative to remain positive despite all of us being really scared to death. We are painfully aware we could lose everything our family has built over the last 74 years if total government quarantines go into effect. Further, 
the legislation that was just released, where we haven't had a chance to review it, but we're concerned about some serious negative consequences for our company and our employees. Accordingly, we create, created an approach for dealing with the five main opportunities which we discovered during this process. The first opportunity that came to mind was cleanliness and personal protection. We partnered with our cleaning products company and purchased a large quantity of gallon-sized disinfectant concentrate chemicals. We then diluted it into spray bottles. This method allowed us to create 64 gallons of disinfectant product per gallon of concentrate. It's estimated this inventory should last us through the end of 2020. We also purchased hand sanitizer from them in five-gallon pails with, with hand pumps. However, they were out of bottles, so we bought 200 small bottles on Amazon, filled our own bottles with hand sanitizer. Fortunately, we were able to obtain the appropriate labels so that it was clear what was in the bottles. I'm guessing, Ann, that we probably have maybe a month and a half supply of, of hand cleaner. We bought all the Clorox wipes what they had at the time so we could clean our product samples in between appointments. After talking with Rob Strobel, we discovered that we didn't have enough water bottles and supplies were limited. Thus, we purchased individual two-gallon water jugs for each employee. Thank you, Rob, for that foresight. We also struggled with door handles and concluded that the wax paper used to pick up donuts would work. Thus, we purchased 40,000 sheets of these to, uh, to open the doors and we created holders in our sheet metal shop. Now we have donut wraps at every door. It's pretty difficult for a gluten-free guy to open the doors, but I'm handling it. It's not if, but when someone who is still working out at the facility calls and says they've been diagnosed. Thus, we ordered Tyvek suits, hair nuts, and shoe covers from Amazon for in-depth cleaning of the facility when it becomes necessary. Since masks were not available, we purchased 150 bandanas. This was in advance of the CDC recommending that today to help with employee concerns. Only a few have started using them. However, I expect uh, that as soon as tensions and fears increase, and now that the CDC has recommended it, I think that they'll be flying off the table. The second opportunity that we uh, encountered was working remotely. Fortunately for me, one of our four children had cleaned out his room when he went to college. So we set up a command center at home in his bedroom and I work from here. I go to the office a few nights a week to get my mail after everyone has left. Further, with the recent school closings, we implemented a, a plan to help single parents with school closures and to work with them to accommodate their specific needs. Currently, we have 35 team members of the 80-ish office personnel working remotely. These include all of our sales team, both residential and commercial. Nearly all of our clerical staff is now remote. However, due to the nature of their responsibilities, the production, accounting, IT, and sales support are still in the facilities, along with about 100-plus field personnel. I would anticipate by next week that we'll have most of the accounting department working out of their house as well. Fortunately, we were fairly proficient in Zoom prior to COVID-19 situation. Thus, it was fairly easy for us to use this for format for all of our office meetings. Currently, we hold a 9 a.m. daily staff meeting, and we've asked all of our vendors and visitors to switch their, their meetings to Zoom. So far, we've experienced no pushback. Additionally, since our sales meetings involved a handful of remote participants, it was easiest to transition. And as of yesterday, we started a 7 a.m. sales meeting so we can get a three-minute update from all of our sales personnel about what they're going to do today. The third opportunity was what were the procedures that we were going to follow as a group, and we wanted to put them in writing. The first is we wanted to continue to preach social distancing. We started at 18 inches, now we're at six feet, and urge everyone to avoid groups of more than 10 people. We banned air travel without my permission. We encouraged hand washing the 20 to 30 seconds as often as possible. 
we were buying 10 cases of water per day until Amazon ran out. It's my estimation that we only have about a month supply left and that still concerns me. I don't think anything's gonna happen to water supply, but if it does, we don't have that much left. In the unlikely event that the government mandates shutting our office down, our plan is to move our IT team to their homes as well. Additionally, all meetings, including the daily production meeting, which we have every morning at six, will be moved to the Zoom format. With the remote workforce, we have struggled with collections and are pushing harder on receivables, as everyone knows that cash is king, and Paul talked about that earlier. Opportunity number four were the general issues that we needed to talk about. The first item, of course, was no expenses unless they benefit our employees, increase sales, and are safety related. We reached out to both of our banking, both our banking and key vendors, and we keep them updated daily. Even yesterday, we had a Zoom meeting with our bank early in the morning. We've been staying on top of our receivables and payables on a daily basis. Fortunately, our vendors are assuring us that their supply chains are not being interrupted. I'm concerned down the road that may change as we received an email today from one vendor saying that they might close some of their plants. Additionally, one team member was worried about customers canceling contracts. Thus, we developed a carefully written letter to forward to customers who expressed concerns and or want to cancel an appointment or contract. All department heads, sales, and the call center have a PDF should they need to send that on the company's behalf. However, we haven't actually had to send it yet. We uh, additionally, we created our process for Zoom delivery of residential sales presentations, and our first appointment was two days ago. We didn't close it, but we're, we're going to get better at that. HEB and Kroger grocery, control, grocery stores control the business in Texas and have dramatically reduced their hours. So we brainstormed and identified grocery store options. Once we vetted them, we disseminated the information on grocery store deliveries to reduce the exposure within the grocery stores and to ensure that our team members got the food that they needed. We purchased 60 thermometers from Walmart for those meeting with customers. And fortunately, they finally arrived today. Uh, we ordered them about two weeks ago. We also purchased five infrared thermometers from Granger.com for those entering our yards. Only one job has actually started scanning, but we offer volunteer scanning of anybody at our facility. Also, we have upped our internal communication to at least one email per day. We're almost like YPON. And these communications, we created a central document, which we update daily. In that communication, we start and end every, every single post with a positive format. We highlight the changes in yellow and disseminate the revised document with a new date. We realized after three or four days that only a small percentage of our entire company had Belden.com emails. Thus, this past weekend, we set up a blog so that we could reach everybody. We're using a texting program called Marlamar to send out text of the blog link. We update Marlamar daily with an API to ensure that everyone's phone, mobile phone number is current. It's not pretty, but it does the job. Also at the bottom of each page, we post the link to the current document so everybody in our company can see that. So that our WordPress blog can be found at bradbelden.wordpress.com if you wanna see how we're disseminating the information. We also felt we needed to reevaluate our, our PTO policies as the COVID-19 pandemic made us rethink our, our philosophy regarding PTO. Before the pandemic and before the legislation today, only office personnel and field after three years were entitled to PTO. Even then it was at different levels. After the pandemic, we did some soul searching and created a new PTO policy. First, we made everyone the same. If you're making $15 an hour or the CEO of the company, we all now get the same PTO. Secondly, we added a pandemic PTO, which allows for the following. 10 days paid if you're diagnosed by a licensed physician. However, you must use up your PTO first. 
three days if you show signs of fever and or a cough but have not been diagnosed. So we're waiting to see how that compares to the legislation that was signed earlier today, see how that impacts us. The fifth opportunity was, what do we do if, when all else fails? Our plan is to continue to evaluate talent. We have emphasized to everyone, this is your opportunity to, to earn your seat on the bus. As Paul said, you're gonna have to start looking at who to cut and who not to cut. If you don't earn it, it's your own fault. We sold off half of our business at the end of 2018, Thus, we use 2019 to right-size our organization. However, like any other potential recession, we have started asking the questions, what can we live with and what can we live without? When do we start making cuts? We hope we don't have to sit down and ask those difficult questions that Paul presented earlier, but I'm sure it's coming. We've heard of potential job shutdowns on one project, but we really don't think it's going to happen, but we're just not sure it's such a fluid situation. In the last few days, we've seen ridiculously cheap numbers on public work. We saw this pattern in the 80s, we saw it after 9-11, and in the 2008-2009 timeframe. We played that game and got killed six to nine months later. We were working with our sales team to focus on private work where we can sell value at a fair margin. It's no secret to anybody, the COVID-19 crisis has hit all of us very hard, and there were no books on Amazon to guide us through this one. It's a once in a lifetime crisis. We can all agree that these are uncharted waters. And the only thing we really know is that there is nothing more important than the health, safety, and well being of our team members and each of our ecosystems. And just earlier today, my wife asked me how we could help the restaurants. So my wife and I sent a challenge out to all of our team members and said, We'll reimburse you for $50 if you'll go buy local, not a chain restaurant, and you can't have them deliver. If you will walk into a local restaurant, and buy your dinner on your way home tonight, Susan and I will reimburse you for $50. Paul, that's what we've been doing over the last few weeks. I know I'm gonna need a long nap when we catch up. Absolutely, great, great, great job, Brett. Great, thank you, Brett, thank you, Paul. And Paul, could you give us some advice for leaders around the world in a time when everybody is in fear? So mindset of a leader, and Brad uh, talked about this, I, I think you need to lean on your YPO form. Uh, my chapter forms actually having weekly conference calls to support each other. If you're in a CIN form, uh, I would highly suggest weekly conference calls uh, as well. Also, if you have questions, please post them on our network discussion board. And when you see posts from other members, please be generous with your advice to uh, help our members. But YPO is a wonderful organization and it's, it really shines at moments like this when uh, leaders need uh, support and counsel from other leaders. Absolutely. Gentlemen, I appreciate your time spent to help us navigate this coronavirus situation. What do you think is the silver lining beyond the horizon? Nobody's asked me that. Um, I, guess, I guess the only thing I'd say is the economy was robust prior to this happening. And I think the only reason it collapsed was the fear. And I think it's going to come back fairly quickly. What it will look like 12 to 18 months, I think, is another story. But I think um, once everybody calms down, that will everybody will have 12 to 18 months to get their their organization reshaped for the future because it it is a, it is a new world. 
And I think the silver lining is the country will be much better prepared if there's another uh, pandemic that has a much higher death rate. And I think I'm, I'm hopeful the country comes together. Uh, prior to the pandemic, you know, the country was very much uh, splintering. So ho hopefully we come together like we did after 9-11 and some good things uh, come out of this. Absolutely. Thank you once again, Paul and Brad. Once again, today we have Brad Belden, Chief Executive and Chief Culture Officer of the Belden Roofing Company, and Paul Belair, Chair of YPO's Construction Industry Network and President of 10X CEO Coaching on our podcast joining us. This is Anne Cheng signing off on the YPO Networks podcast. Thank you for listening to the YPO Networks podcast. If you or your organization would like to be featured on the podcast, please write to Ann Cheng. That's A-C-H-E-N-G at YPO.org.